This is More Than Therapy Podcast More Than Therapy This is More Than Therapy More Than Therapy Podcast This is More Than Therapy More Than Therapy Podcast This is More Than Therapy Podcast Welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today, we have Nancy J. McKay, a change agent. Her quote, her mantra is, change your thoughts, change your life. And I know this to be true for myself, but I would like Nancy to speak more about it at this time. Nancy, tell me about the concept of changing your thoughts, changing your life, because I don't think a lot of people believe that. People go to therapy, they go to life coaches, and they believe that those persons give them the tools to change and not necessarily see the tools within themselves. Mm. Well, that's that's a really interesting um, thought. <laughs> and yeah. um, I want to thank you very much for having me on the show this morning. It's, it's really nice to be here. Um, yes, thank you. I believe that... Um, Thoughts create our reality. And we all humans have inner wisdom that if we tap into it, we know the answers to what we are seeking. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. We don't, I don't have the ability to tell you something about you that you don't already know. Right. deep down inside right. um, I may be able to help you unpack it peel back the layers so that you can discover it that's that's what I do right. but I'm not going to be able to tell you something about yourself that you don't already know deep down you know, if no, you I agree. really dig down deep you're going to find the answers that you're looking for I just help you get there Right. And I believe that to be true, too. I just believe a lot of people themselves don't believe that. Because right. honestly, exactly right. we don't, you have a whole snapshot of your life. We only have what you share with us and maybe an assessment or a collateral assessment. You know, that doesn't really give a good picture as people don't always give all their stuff up at any of these things because of, you know, stigma association as well as shame. You know, right. I believe that even as I go to a therapist, my therapist may even say this and say, you already know the answer. And I'd be like, yeah, I know, but I need support. <laughs> so, and that's, that's why we go to therapists or life coaches or psychiatrists is to have them use their expertise in helping us uncover the truth. Right. So, right. you know, we, we often get stuck because we don't know how to go there and we don't know how to go there without support. So, you know, I mean, we might dig a little bit and then it throws us into a a tailspin or something and we need someone to help us get out of the, out of the pit or out of the spin. And, and that's why people should hire professionals to help them do that. Um, Whether it's a 
a doctor or, a, or an attorney or a therapist or a psychiatrist or a life coach. It's just, you know, you have someone there to support you as you go on this journey of self-exploration. Indeed. And I know that to be true because I remember when I was younger, many moons ago, if I told myself I couldn't do it, I literally could not do it. But when I removed that notion that I could not do it, every single time I did it and I was amazed. I was like, you know, it, and of course, when you're young, you don't think about, you know, think differently, act differently, behave differently. You don't really think about those concepts. But it was such an amazing concept that I had to remove no or I can't from my vocabulary exactly. in order to get to a higher plateau. Right. Well, you know, there's a saying that says, you know, when you believe you can or you can't, you're right. right. <laughs> you know, That's right. either way, if you say I can do it, you'll do it. If you say you can't, you won't. Because, mm -hmm. you know, our mind is so powerful. And at the same time, our brains will lie to us all day long. You know, they will tell us our, 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 you know, our inner voice will go on and tell us you can't do that you're too stupid to do that you're too lazy you're too whatever you know you can't possibly do it that's what i tell people all the time your brain can be your best friend or your worst enemy, enemy. Exactly. and as intricate as the brain is it's a simple machine in many ways if you say it can't it will move you towards behaviors that you cannot do it if you say you can it will move you towards behaviors that indicate that you can do it it says basically you're the driver spirit go into what direction you want to go in yep and so what i do is i help people listen to their body because their body knows the truth we have this this body wisdom that will tell us yes or no right <laughs> and right. and most times it disagrees with what our brain is telling us so if we learn to listen to our body then we'll find the truth but it's a you know, it can be a challenge and people don't know how to do that because we weren't brought up that way we weren't right. brought don't up to listen to our bodies how do you teach people to listen to their bodies because that's a strange concept because especially regarding mental health and wellness a lot of clinicians are taught avoid avoid avoiding the mind you know what i'm saying don't focus on the spirit don't focus on the body as we transition we know better that it's a we have to be holistic mind body soul mm -hmm. how do you teach people to overcome that barrier and listen to their body well one of the things that i've been taught to do is, is called a body compass and that's when you you know it's it's a it's a process where you bring up a memory of something that that's on kind of the negative spectrum and so you you feel into that memory until you get a physical response to it so like your maybe your jaw tightens or your throat closes up or your heart starts to pound you know kind of uncomfortably or you get a knot in your stomach something like that and then I have you rate that on a scale of zero to negative 10 so that you can um, identify it. And then, and then I have you give it a name. So like, um, you know, that, that 
you know, that, that imprisoned feeling or that tight feeling or the nauseous or something like that. And then I have you shake that off. And then I have you remember a pleasant memory. You feel real, feel into your body then. You wait until, you know, you take it over in, in your mind and you wait until you get a physical response from that memory. And do I have you do the same thing. I have you name it, identify it, rate it on a scale of zero to positive 10. So what this does is it gives you a baseline of how, how your feelings range. So then if something comes up for you, you can run it through the, your body compass. You know, what is my body feeling? It, it, am I feeling more, you know, tight jaw, closed throat, you know, not in the stomach? My body's telling me that's a bad idea. You know, if, if my heart's opening up, if I feel butterflies in my stomach, if it feels, you know, if I feel light, that's probably a good idea to do that. You know, so then we learn, we key ourselves into listening to our body and knowing how we feel about things. And it, you know, there's all sorts of different, um, really cool tests you can do that are just physical tests responding to things. Um, and, and those, you know, they're like lie detectors. It's, it's brilliant. Our body just knows if we give it the opportunity to tell us, if we listen to it. Yes, there's a great quote. I think it's a book also, The Body Keeps the Score. Absolutely. So yeah, great book, <laughs> great book. <laughs> yep. Haven't read it, but I'm definitely gonna have to because I hear so much about it, especially as I'm thinking about transitioning to getting EMDR certified. So oh yeah, thinking, yep. yeah. All right, all right. Yep. Horses. I noticed some Ooh. horses in your background. Yeah. I, I spoke recently with a woman from Arizona who's a clinician who works with horses as well. Ooh. I live in Durham County, which is known for horses as well. But I'm from Mississippi, and I had an accident with a Clydesdale, which makes me fearful of horses. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, tell me about your work with horses and how that helps people regarding their wellness. Well, the thing that is so cool about horses is, well, I think they're magic, number one, right out of the gate. That's, you know, I just think they're magic. And they're magic because they have incredible intuition and horses don't lie so they they mirror back to us the energy that we're putting out to the to the universe and what that means is if if i'm working with a client and i ask them you know how's it going today and they say you know everything's great i you know everything's going really good i don't have anything to complain about well, if, if they're telling the truth, then the horse will be responding to them um, energetically. So the horse will be, you know, paying attention to them. They'll be licking and chewing, which is a sign of contentment. They'll be engaging with the client. If the client is full of it, <laughs> then, then the horse is on the other side of the, the round head. They're not engaging with the client because they know that the horse or that the client isn't being authentic. 
and and horses don't have any desire to be engaged in in authenticity so they don't have an agenda but they know that if if that energy isn't authentic they're going to steer clear of it there's there's no reason for them to be drawn to it and they they know that it's something that they don't want to engage in is it energy or is it like maybe a pheromone or something that we put out well, what is it really to take i think i think it's energy and it could be pheromones but it's all connected in what our you know because our thoughts create our feelings and that creates our energy and so if we think that um you know we're we're all that you know if we're telling ourselves we're all that in a bag of chips but we know that you know deep down inside we don't believe that then there's a incongruency going on and the horse picks up on the incongruency and they won't they won't be likely to engage there they you know but if you know if we if we admit if we acknowledge that i'm afraid i'm worried you know i'm i feel guilty about something something like that where they they can pick up on the authenticity of our energy then then they come right up to us and it's like so when they when they hit on something that is really at the core of of the issue that they're talking about when they land on something when they have that aha then the horse responds and because the horse is responding you know mirroring back to them then it's really easy for me as the coach to go okay now now we're on to something here because the horse is telling me that we're on to something and um otherwise the horse you know really just doesn't because they're herd animals they want to be engaged with authentic energy and because it you know they depend on that and they're herd you know they depend on you know the other horses to keep an eye out and you know so on and so forth so it's very um it's important for them to um have that authentic energy going on and i believe that being authentic is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself but saying that, I also know that being authentic is daunting and scary to a lot of people because of their cultural upbringing, because of their family influence, because of society itself in some ways, that it would bring shame and stigma because we have a point, we have as a society, as a culture, as a family, a tendency to point fingers, especially if we want to drive that focus on us and our issues. How do people, what, what steps do people take to become authentic or what have you found to be beneficial? Well, I think that the first thing that you have to do in order to be authentic, I think is to allow yourself to be vulnerable and, and you're not going to be vulnerable unless you feel safe. So unless you are in a in an environment where you 
where you don't feel like you're going to be judged, then it's hard to be vulnerable. So, um, and being vulnerable creates courage. So if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and open yourself up, that builds your courageous muscles, your resilience muscles. And, and so then the more vulnerable you are, the more vulnerable you can be. And then that, that tells you that I can be authentic. I can be honest mm -hmm. and I'm not going to either be judged or if I am judged, it's not going to affect me so much because I feel confident in my authenticity. And, and I'm thinking about this as I'm saying these words because I'm putting myself in that position to, to feel vulnerable and, and how does, you know, how is that making me feel? You know, you and I have never met. Um, uh, and yet I'm really starting to open myself up here and, um, and I know that if you or any of your listeners think, well, you know, she's got to screw loose or, you know, <laughs> something, then, then that's okay. You know, it's not going to, um, diminish my belief in myself. And I think it takes a while to work up to that. You know, um, when I got sober 12 years ago, um, I was full of shame and full of um, just kind of, um, oh my God, I was just deflated and felt horrible about myself, right? And so over the last 12 years, I've learned how to allow myself to be vulnerable. And so, you know, it's not something I don't think that you can do overnight, but it's something that you can do with practice and you practice that by being vulnerable in a safe place, you know, where you, where you won't be judged. And that's one of the beautiful things about working with a coach or a therapist, something, someone who you can trust to, you know, hold that safe space for you. Indeed, indeed. You've conquered the monster alcoholism. And congratulations on your journey of um, being sober. It's a lifelong journey. We both know this. Yep. But 12 years strong. And you also were one who battled and beat the diagnosis of ovarian cancer. Yep. I, I tend to use the word survivor, but I'm trying to my best to move away from that term and try to find a, a more term that coins the strength 
And surviving is just surviving, you know. Right. But to beat, you know, to conquer it, to get over it and move past your life is another thing entirely. I think survivor kind of takes away from the concept of getting past these things, beating these things. So I'm, I think I'm, so I'm trying my best to move away from that term. That's like the only term that really comes to mind in our current society. Um, well, it's interesting. You know, there's a couple of there's a couple of um, schools of thought there. Um, one of them is, you know, I'm a cancer warrior, or mm-hmm. you know, I fought like hell, that sort of thing. And and um, and there's you know there's a school of thought that thinks that you know we want to take the fight part out of it because it's um, it indicates that it's a conflict you know and then you're right with the survivor part it's it's very um uh, it can be victimy right and how i choose to look at my my diagnosis with cancer is that it was a gift because it changed my life it changed the trajectory of my life it gave me the desire to um, get out of the status quo and start a new career you know and i started training for that career at the age of 60. so um and i i had a lot of people telling me you know it's kind of late in the day to, to start a new career and why would you want to and and that sort of thing and it my feeling was you know i've still got time left and you know my mantra is i didn't get sober and survive cancer to be miserable and so if if i want to live a life of purpose and fulfillment i'm not going to do that i can't do that in the in the job in the career that i have it wasn't feeding my soul and I needed something that was going to feed my soul and so that's why I'm doing now what I'm doing is because I want to help other women who have gone through something similar or something you know that just rocks their world and think they can't get through it and we can anybody can now, I want to I want to add that that my cancer was not terminal. It was early stage. I went through chemo. That was kind of an insurance policy. And so I have not had any recurrence or any horrible struggle with the diagnosis that I received. Okay. So I don't know what it feels like to be essentially fighting for your life. At the same time, I know because of the training that I've received that we don't have to suffer with the consequences as badly if we change our thoughts about them. So, for instance, it's, you know, it's not the circumstance that causes our suffering. It's our thoughts about the circumstance. 
that causes our suffering or our experience, whatever it is, happy, sad, mad, whatever. So, you know, you have a cancer diagnosis and you can think, you know, poor me or, um, you know, I'm going to die or, you know, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And if you think those thoughts, then those create emotions and feelings of either anger or depression or sadness or defeat. And then you take action based on those emotions. And as a result, you're going to be miserable. And that would have happened to me if I had thought that way, even though I didn't have a horrible diagnosis you know yes i got a cancer diagnosis but i could have made it so much worse than it was right mm -hmm. and instead um now that i you know i mean it really was a gift and at the time i didn't i did not one time think why me or poor me or anything like that i thought i'm gonna get through this and we're gonna move along right and I did <laughs> because of my thoughts because it created um and I at, at the time I had no idea that's what I was doing really except that you know I've got a little bit of um Irish chutzpah in me I guess and and I thought you know I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna let this take me down indeed indeed I had a client when he was younger, he had received a, a cancer diagnosis and he was able to get through it and go through it. You know, it caused some lasting um, issues, but he was able to overcome it. Um, years, years later, he, he, the same cancer came back and he was at a point where he just gave up. He was just like, well, it came back, it, it's, I'm done, it's a done game. And he succumbed to it much faster than the doctor said he would. I think likely linked to his mental state, his focus on it was over. As I remember in previous years when I had a client with a cancer diagnosis, if as a team or as a clinician, I was able to support them regarding being positively focused. More often than not, they were able to beat the cancer or able to overcome the diagnosis. And even if you're not, it just, it makes what life you have left so much more bearable and enjoyable, you know, than being, you know, feeling like a victim or, you know, so defeatist that it's over. I might as well just hang it up right now. So it not only makes things difficult for, for the person, but it also makes it really difficult for everybody around them. And so, you know, it changes the chemistry and the energy all over the place. And, you know, of course, if you think this is horrible, um, uh, you know, I'm done. Well, yeah, you know, you're going to deteriorate that much faster because of your mental state and the emotions that it causes in your body. Once again, your body wisdom and you'll you'll go down that route a lot faster 
Right, like we said before, if you mind, if you tell your mind you feel one way, or you think one way, that's the direction it moves you in, and Absolutely. your body, your mind controls every aspect of who you are. Absolutely. So it says, oh, you, you think you're gonna die? Then I guess we'll move you towards dying. You know, versus I think I'm gonna live, then just start moving you towards living. Yep. It's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a very complicated machine. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Indeed, indeed. My one of my coaches. Uh, said to me one day our brains are like a toddler it's like <laughs> your thoughts are like a toddler running around in your brain with a butcher knife you know <laughs> you know you just never know what it's going to slash at you know and, and right. just, so that's something that I like to keep in mind when my and and we all do it it doesn't matter how far um in you know how enlightened we are <laughs> And I'm not saying that I'm enlightened, but it doesn't matter how much uh, training you've got or how how long you've been working on your mindset. We all, as humans, we all have this monkey mind, this monkey brain that you know pops up and says, "You've got to be out of your mind if you think you're going to be able to do that." Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of learning how to catch those those thoughts. And uh, you know, unpacking them and letting them go, and changing the thought to something different, um, and and being efficient at that because it's going to happen. It happens to everybody. It's learning how to deal with it when it does. That's the ticket. Indeed, you're a contributing author to a Ready to Fly. I think it's currently on volume three. It is on volume three. We're on volume three, and I was so um, excited to be um, chosen as an as a contributing author. I have, up until that point, I really hadn't written anything of um, substance at all, and didn't even know if I had any talent. And I was uh, delighted and very surprised <laughs> to find out that someone thought that what I had to say was worth reading so oh, definitely, it definitely. was a really nice surprise and, and pretty cool so congratulations I think writing is one of the best gifts we can give anyone <laughs> absolutely writing and mental health you bet yeah yes yes so, um, yeah my chapter is just about my my story growing up with um my father was an alcoholic and my mom was a heavy drinker and um you know so it's just that and then rolls right into my alcoholism and cancer and so on and so forth so it's um you know it's Indeed. it's an inspiring story i hope and is it available on amazon or on your website uh, the, book, the book is available on amazon people can also contact me to get a copy of the book and also i have my chapter um, is available um, as a PDF that I can, um, I'd love to send to people if they want to um, let me know that they want it. So, okay. okay. But the book, is, okay. the book is full of inspiring stories from some incredible women that, that I'm honored to be a part of. So it's, it's a great book and, and all three volumes are that way. The, the, author the 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 creator of this crystal blue has her 
her incredible stories in, in the books and you know, she's created this platform for people to share and and so there's a fabulous fabulous group of women in each book indeed, indeed. you're a life coach i am how'd you come into being that i mean do, i know you said you started your mental health contributing around age 60 what made you want to choose that path in regards to giving empowering and helping people well, I, I've always been very interested in personal development. And um, so I kind of just naturally go there. People always come to me asking for advice or help. So it was, that was kind of a, a natural way for me to go when I knew that I wanted something different. Um, I, well, I had come across Martha Beck, who is, um, she has a life coach school that um, that I went to, and she had written a book that I read in, uh, over the Christmas holiday of 2016, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, when you read something that just absolutely resonates with you, you feel like it was written especially for you, yes. that they... <laughs> They sat down and wrote that book for you. And that's the way this book felt for me. It was her first novel. It's called Diana Herself. And this book just resonated with me so, so much. And I, you know, my story's not like the the heroine in the book, but it's, there was just something about it that grabbed me. And so um, I had an opportunity to go to a workshop of hers over my... 61st birthday oh man or not yeah so I read the book yeah it was in doesn't matter 2016 anyway 2017 and so I read this book it just really got my attention I went to see her in California at a workshop and that's all it took I Mm. I decided that that's what I wanted to do and so I enrolled in her program and you know as they say the rest is history I just um, I knew that that's what I was meant to do Indeed. so that's you know that's what I'm doing and I so I you know got my training and retired from my corporate job in uh, 2019 and so I've been um, doing this full time for a couple of years just blows my mind that it's gone by that fast. <laughs> wow. Indeed. Indeed. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving us the gift of empowerment and how thinking differently gives you a different result, creates a different universe and world for you. I remember when I first came into that concept, it was The Matrix. You remember The Matrix movies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. It's funny how all these little nuances about what the real world should be or is is hidden within media. Yeah. And we never ever yeah. realize. Right? right. Yeah. You never know what's gonna strike you that gets your uh, creative juices flowing. You know what's what's gonna change right. um, the world for you. Indeed. And, um, you know. Um, who knows? 
but I'm just, I'm grateful for all the, all the teachers and mentors that I've had along the way and, and those whom I haven't met yet that I, that I'll, you know, continue working with because that's one of the other things that's so cool about personal development is there's always more to learn and there's so much growth and um, I'm just, I'm excited to, to keep learning. And that's one of the things that I think is cool is um, that I still want to, and you know, know that there's a lot more out there. Indeed. And in here, and inside, because <laughs> it's all an inside job. Well, you've contributed to a book. Will you be coming out with your own book? I hope so. I hope so. I I, I hope to um, write my memoir. Uh, I'd like to start working on it this year. You know, I've already kind of started since yes. I got the chapter. But um, yeah, I would like to have have my write my memoir. Um, I think everybody's got a wonderful story inside them, and and um, you know, the more we share of ourselves, the more we can, um, you know, hopefully create a better world where we understand that we're all the same you know we there's differences there's nuances there's you know um but but we're all human and we all have feelings and i think if we all realized our similarities rather than our differences it would be a better place <laughs> and then not only that with writing especially our memoirs our stories we're showing our authentic self and let and normalizing exactly. authenticity. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. You know, one of the things that I talk about um, and that I'm very passionate about is the stigma that still surrounds alcoholism and addiction. And, you know, people, a lot of people still feel like it's a moral issue. And, and I just, you know, I think it's nothing further from the truth. And, you know, because of the way I felt about myself when I knew I was drinking too much and I couldn't put my finger on why and why I couldn't stop. It was, it felt like a moral issue to me and, um, and it's not, you know, it's, it's, uh, but it takes, it takes education and it takes people to understand that, um, you know, this is not something that we, you know, grew up dreaming of becoming. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, I'm very passionate about it and it kept me drunk for a long time because I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to face having to, um, do the things that are necessary to, to stop. And so I just kept drinking because of the stigma. And so that's what I try to do is, is offer a different, different way so that people don't feel like it's, um, they're, they're horrible people. Indeed. Any final words, Ms. McKay? Well, not really. I just love if um, anybody's interested or 
um, have any questions that they can reach out to me and um, my email is nancy at amazingoutlookcoaching.com and um, I'd love to to visit with anybody answer any questions or just have a conversation thank you thank you I have that all this information that you provide us will be available um, via the listeners and subscribers to the podcast more than therapy Great. I really appreciated the conversation that we had today it allowed me you know what I'm saying, to take a step back and really focus on thinking differently as I've been finding myself trapped in a cycle of thinking negatively and my life has slowly transitioned into negative outcomes. So I think everything happens for a reason. Our delay in recording and being it being today, as I had a therapy session earlier today, just reinforcing, I need to think differently. I need to in order to be different, in order to manifest more positive outcomes. A lot of times the things that we manifest or we think push us in behaviors that align themselves with that ideology and pushes us there. So I thank you for reminding me of that. You bet, you bet. We all need the reminder. (laughs) Indeed. Yep. Thank you, appreciate you. Be well, be great. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.